It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Wow, it's so good to be here. Eh? I have missed it coming. We haven't been, I think last time I was here was on a video because of, no, we had the uh, COVID, didn't we? So I haven't been here for ages. And so we've really missed it. So it's great being here. I was looking forward to coming here. My wife was also looking forward to coming, but she ended up waking up quite crook this morning. So, but it's great to be here. Can I, um, and I know Mark's going to tell you more about it, but this is just a, you really need to be at this next series that Mark is going to be sharing with you. I've looked at some of his notes and uh, it's absolutely brilliant, but it's not just brilliant. I think we need to be praying into who you're going to bring along to hear it because this is more than just a good message. This is something that is contemporary. It's something that is for this society today. It actually, it's, it's easy to understand, but it will be life-changing. And I'm not going to say too much more because Mark will introduce you to it, but um, I really believe if you've got friends and family that you've been sharing with or people in your workplace, you say, you've got to be here and hear this message because, and you've got to be here. You can't, I don't think, it's, it's a good to hear it on podcast if you're listening to it on podcast now, but you've got to be here because I think it's going to be life-changing. And so I'd encourage you, pray into saying, God, who am I going to be bringing next week and the week after and the week after because uh, this is going to be a significant time. I really believe that in my spirit. So I just that's my intro to, uh, to this place and uh, let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you because you're here. I know you're here. You said you would be here and we can sense that you're here. And I'm going to pray, God, that as I share my thoughts right now, that you will take them and you will take them into our mind and into our spirit. And that, Father, that you will speak to us clearly, that it will come alive, that you will change our innermost beings, that we would become even more reflectors of you than we ever have before. In Jesus' name, amen. So, looking at my time, whoa. Okay, I'm going to be good today. I want to share a thought with you because last time I was here, some particular person, who I won't mention his name, but he usually wears a cap and, uh, um, and tends to do a lot of talking up here, made comment about the shirt I was wearing and suggested that I'd come from Bunnings. So I thought I'd wear a white shirt today so that he wouldn't make a comment, but I'm sure he will. But I want to ask you a question. A question. What? are you wearing? Now, usually in a good Pentecostal church, we would get you to turn to the right and turn to the left. And the reason we do that is to make sure that our fly is done up and our ties are right. But really, what we're, you know, ask yourself a question. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Because you see, what you're wearing is a significant part of who you are. And the Bible, believe it or not, talks a heap about what you're wearing. You might say, no, it doesn't. starts off in Genesis where they were naked and God decided to make them a whole new set of clothes. And it finishes up in Genesis and all the way through. It's about what are you wearing? You may not be aware or you may have heard this comment. It's called enclosed, enclosed cognitive which is basically a phenomenon which basically a phenomena which basically talks about what you wear 
determines or impacts your emotions. So you might, if you were wearing casual clothes today, which many of you are, and some of you have spent a bit of time looking at what you're wearing, um, but what you wear is usually impacts how you feel. That's why at workplaces, sometimes they will make you wear a uniform because they're wanting a certain emotion or a certain feeling in the organisation. It's why we make kids wear uniforms at schools generally. But what you wear is a reflection of your emotion. So, what are you wearing? You got up this morning, you looked in your wardrobe, you thought to yourself, what am I going to wear today? Some of you put more thought into it than others, I can see that. Um, but you were thinking, what am I going to wear? And there were certain reasons of why you picked what you were going to wear. Because I want to flip the concept of enclosed cognitive and say, not only does what you wear impact your emotion, but your emotion will determine what you wear and what you carry. So the question is, what are you wearing? But I want to chuck another question at you. Who dressed you? Who dressed you today? Now, I, I get up in the morning and I get dressed and Margie and I are rushing out to church or wherever and I've got my keys in my hands and as we're walking out, Margie will say, you're not wearing that, are you? And I go, of course not. I was just going to the car. I'm just going to go get changed out. By the way, what do you think I should wear? If you're a guy, you're probably dressed by your wife. Um, but we generally, we are dressed by other people, by society, by what's on TV, by what we've picked up, what we've seen Mark wear. We, we, we will dress what we see our favourite person's wearing because we have a tendency to be dressed by other people. But here's another third question, which is a really important one too. What are you carrying? Because you see, what you wear and who dressed you will determine what you carry. If a policeman walked in here, dressed in a policeman's uniform, and walked in here straight away, some of you will start to hide. <laughs> I'm not going to say why, but some of you may start feeling uncomfortable. Others will start asking the question, who's done what? What's happening? Oh, no, they've, they've found the person that stole everything. I don't know. But a person, what a person wears is what they carry. Do you know politicians actually pay big bucks to get consultants to talk to them and tell them what to wear? You want to come across as being the powerful, strong, dominant person? Then ask Mark McGowan. No, so wear a, right, a red tie, right? Um, if you want to be sophisticated and intelligent and confident, you wear a blue tie. If you want to be casual and relating to people, you have no tie and you have a beer in your hand, you go to the footy. Um, but what you wear determines and it takes you carry something with you. Um, that's why salespeople will dress up confident and strong and powerful because what you wear is what you carry. So here's the question. What are you wearing? Who dressed you? And what are you carrying? Because the scripture is full of that. Let me take you to a scripture, which is where I'm basing this from, and something that I actually have been going through myself and asking myself this same question. Colossians 3.12, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, mm -hmm, 
You must. Not a question, not an option. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. They seem like all inside things, but that's what he wants you to wear. Question, what are you wearing? Are you wearing grumpiness? Are you wearing sadness? Are you wearing bitterness? Who dressed you? Resentment? Abuse? Success? Money? Who dressed you today? And therefore, what are you carrying into the world? How's that impacting the world, the family, your, your friends, your workplace? How's it affecting them? What are you wearing? Who dressed you? And what are you carrying? And to help me with that, I'm going to take us to somebody's wardrobe. I'm going to take us today to Joseph's wardrobe. Now, Joseph you'll find in the first book of the Bible called Genesis. Easy one to find. It's right at the beginning, just past the introductions and the, uh, and the list of all the... You find Genesis. Now, there's Genesis in there, and we come to chapters 37. And in Genesis 37, the back end of this story is that there's a guy called Jacob. Now, Jacob had a fallout with his brother Esau. You might remember the story. They were twins, have a bit of a barney about who's going to be the blessed one. Jacob tricks Esau, becomes the blessed one, has a tough life after that because he, uh, he's struggling with his own, his own guilt. And anyway, he gets married um, to the, the wife of his dreams um, and... Finally, Rachel, his wife, gives birth to this very promised son, the 11th son, which means that he's already got a whole bunch of kids given by his, his um, um, wife's servant because she couldn't do anything. So she said, we've got to have something happening here. So, And finally, Rachel gives birth to Joseph. Joseph's name actually means on a bad day, he will add... That's the Benny's being naughty. On a good day, it's God be praised. They were his uh, meanings of his name. So here we have Joseph. Now Joseph, because, because Jacob had him when he was old, was very, very special. He wanting and waiting. So he was a special son. And we pick it up, the story, in Genesis 37, verse 3. And we find that Jacob, it says, loved Joseph more than any of his other children, because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. What was it? A beautiful robe. Multicoloured, we believe, robe. He's dressed in this magnificent robe. Now, it wasn't unusual for a father to do this, to give his children clothing, to give them identity. Your robe was your identity. It gave you identity of who you belonged to. It gave you identity about where you were in society. And Joseph has been given this pretty fancy robe. And so we know that Joseph, what's he wearing? He's wearing a robe, a coat. Who dressed him? His dad. What was he carrying? Mate, he was pretty arrogant. He was, he was carrying pride. My dad has given me this. So I want to ask you the question first up. 
was you clothed in by your family? What did your parents clothe you in? What did your siblings clothe you in? What were the clothes that were given to us that had been those hand-me-downs? You know, sometimes we're wearing the coats of our fathers and our mothers and our grandparents and we're carrying that. We've clothed ourselves with that which I call the hand-me-downs. You see, I come from a family of ten and I was number seven which I know is the perfect number, so I was the perfect person, and I was number five son. Now, my family, having ten children, obviously didn't try to economise, and so clothes were handed down. Get to number five. There's been four other bodies in these clothes. Four other lives have been lived in my clothes. There has... Four other people have stained them, have worn them, have ripped them, and I get them. And sometimes we're carrying the clothes that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation to generation to the place where we might even think that the life I'm living now is actually part of my, my it's not just my family of origin, but it's actually, well, that's what's expected of me because my parents were alcoholics and my, and my parents all, you know, my Parents, parents, and my parents, 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 they all divorced. So that's what's probably going to happen to me because I'm wearing the clothes of my family of origin. And hence, sometimes we might not be carrying pride, we might be carrying failure. We might be carrying something else of hurt and pain. And I wonder if we're still wearing the coats that have been handed down from generation to generation. Some of you might have had great families of origins and you're, you're carrying that, you're carrying success. But let me tell you, that's not yours yet. Even though it's been given to you, I want to ask you, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Who gave it to you? And therefore, what are you carrying? Are we products of the past? Or are we going to be wearing something new? So then we go in a little bit further. So we go back into Joseph's wardrobe. And it wasn't just his coat of many colours. We find something else happens. You see, one day, Joseph is told to go out and see his brothers. He's had a dream. You're going to bow down to me. They weren't very happy about that. The brothers are out looking after the, the herd. And so dad says to his favourite son, Joseph, go out and take him some lunch. So he goes out there and they see him coming. And look what happens. Genesis 37, 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers did what? They ripped off the beautiful coat he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water. They were hoping he was going to drown, but there was nothing down there to drown. And so now he's down there with no coat on at all. And then we pick it up a bit more in 37, 28. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the system and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. Hello, has anyone looked for Jesus in the Old Testament? Jesus is all in here. This is a story about Jesus. It's not just a story about Joseph. And did you notice that he was sold for the same amount 
that Judas actually betrayed Jesus with. He's all the way through the Bible. You'll find him in the Old Testament. He's there. Look for him. You'll find him. What was he wearing? Now he's wearing slave clothes. He was pulled out by the traders and taken as a slave. So now what he's wearing is slave clothes. Who's he dressed by? He's dressed by others. And what is he carrying? He's carrying rejection. See, here's what happens. Sometimes slaves, they're actually dressed for the use for others. Sometimes we get dressed up by others, what other people think of us, what other people determine our future should be, what other people say or even our society tells us and what happens, we become slaves to them. Uh-huh. And so therefore if we're carrying those clothes, then what happens then is we tend to carry a sense of rejection because sometimes we don't always live up to what other people expect because inside we know we're different. And I wonder if sometimes in life we can be in the same place because I know I have. I've let other people determine my future and what I think of myself, the TV, whatever, my circumstance. I become a slave to them. And we were never told to be slaves. We were told to be servants but not slaves. There's a difference between a servant and a slave. But do you know who the, the worst person sometimes in that is? Is sometimes ourselves. But let me take you a little bit further into this wardrobe. So we've got the wardrobe dressed by father. We've got the wardrobe dressed by others. Let me take you a little bit further in the story of Joseph. Now Joseph is now been sold to Pharaoh. He's a good servant. He's a good slave. He behaves himself. They can see that he's got something more than being a slave in him. So Pharaoh gives him a place of authority. But Pharaoh's wife kind of likes him a little bit and decides that she wants a little bit more than just being a slave. And we pick the story up in chapter 39 of verse 12, and it says that Pharaoh's wife, she, came and grabbed him by his cloak because she wanted a relationship with him and demanded, come on, sleep with me. But Joseph, who knew better than that, tore himself away. But what did he do? He left his cloak again ah, in her hand. And as he runs from the house, what was he? He was naked. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, what does she do? She goes to hubby and she says, he tried to rape me. Look, I've still got his clothes in my hands and he was put into jail. Mm, now he's been unclothed by others. He's been unclothed by who? False accusation. And what's he carrying? Shame. How many of us have been in that place where others have decided what we are and there's been accusations or there has been this condemnation put upon us and we're carrying it and therefore we carry shame? What does the Bible say about shame? Jesus came and he dressed our shame. Is it possible that the thoughts of others 
and the false accusation, oh, you're going to be like this. You're going to be a nothing. You're going to be, oh, that's right, I know your brother and sister, they were in my class too, and you're probably going to be the same. They're all accusations. Or maybe it's the accusations, you're never going to be good enough. You'll never make it. These, these are things that, that are put onto us and we end up carrying this internal shame. I want to suggest to you, I've met so many people in my job at Adult Teen Challenge now who are carrying and allowing shame to impact their lives. And it's not just people with addictive behaviours, it's others and including me that sometimes we can allow the accusations of others cause us to carry this garments which give us shame. But then we go a little bit further. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. And this is the exciting part about this story. Because then we come to chapter 41. And it says this. Then Pharaoh, so now he's been in jail. And remember, shame always puts us in a jail. Right? Accusation puts you in an internal jail. He's proved himself in that jail. He's broken out of that jail by proving himself of being a man of God and he comes out of that jail and Pharaoh says, I need to have a chat to you because I've had this dream and someone tells me that you reckon you might know the answer. And he did and therefore Pharaoh promotes him. And look at what he does. Then Pharaoh removes his signet ring, placed it on Joseph's finger and what did he do? He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Here's the good news. This is the good news. You see, Joseph went through all that stuff to the place where now he is clothed by, he is clothed with robes of royalty. He is dressed by the king and he's carrying authority. And that's the promise for you and me. Do you see Jesus here? Remember Jesus? He had his clothes ripped off before he was crucified. He was put on a jail as a slave carrying your shame. Uh And then what happened? And he said, Father, forgive them. And then what happened? He goes to a tomb. Where did he get? Was Was there a cupboard in that, in that cave, because Jesus came out dressed. He didn't come out naked. So somewhere he got a whole new bunch of clothing because he was clothed by what? His father, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's your and my opportunity here. You see, the question that we've got now is, has the king of kings, Paul's writing to a church in Colossae, Colossae and there he is, Paul is actually in a prison. Paul, who once was dressed as a mighty warrior, right, who ends up finding Jesus and was told he was nothing and rejected by not only the people that he used to serve, but probably by the Christians at one stage too. And here he is in a jail being wrongly accused, right, wearing shame in a jail, and he writes this, He writes this to the people in Colossae. This is what he writes. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Ah, this is you and me. He's saying, hey, put on your new nature this morning. 
You don't have to wear the old nature. You don't have to wear what others have put on you. Put on your new nature. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. Hmm. Circumcised or uncircumcised? Barbaric? Oh, there's a couple of you in here. Uncivilized? Slave? Or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And he goes on, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. What are you wearing today? Can I give you a, a little bit of a bit of homework? When you get up in the morning and you feel grumpy or tired and you're worrying about the day, just for a week, just do this for me. Take this scripture and put your name to it. Take this scripture and read it over yourselves. Take the scripture and go, God, you chose me to be a holy person today because you love me. So I clothe myself today with a tender heart. Protect your heart. With kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Speak that over yourself as you put it on. Make allowance. I will make allowances today for others' faults and forgive anyone who offends me. And I'm going to remember the Lord forgave me so I am going to forgive others. And above everything else, God, I'm going to clothe myself. I'm going to clothe myself with love because it binds us all together in perfect harmony. And I'm going to let the peace, the peace, which I, so many people I've met this week that just say, I'm just struggling. I, I need peace. We've got a world that needs eternal peace that comes from Christ's rule in my heart. Will you put that on every day and see what difference it makes? Can I just finish off one story? It's a true story. I may have told you it before, but it means a lot to me. So I'm going to tell you again. But many years ago, I, I went to uh, India to do some ministry there speak in some schools and things, and it was great. We went over there, and, and one of the opportunities I had was to speak in this very large church. So I started speaking. I had an interpreter who was speaking Hindi, and I was trying to speak good English. And he was doing one sermon. I think I was doing another sermon, but it didn't matter. And at the end of the service, we asked people to come forward for prayer, because that's what we did. And they came, people came forward, but it was one particular guy came forward. He was, I, I remember him very clearly, he was sort of bent over a little bit. When he looked up, he had very, he, a couple of teeth missing. He looked really, um, skin was all drawn in and a bit funny coloured and, and he was wearing some pretty dirty, worn out clothes. He came up the front. The interpreter 
went up to him and asked what he wanted prayer for. He just found out that he had a heart disease and he probably wasn't going to live. And so he asked if we would pray for him. So I did. So I went up the front. I prayed for him. He did something really weird. He scared the life out of me. He started shouting and screaming and manifesting. And I went, holy dooly, what have I hit here? And, and I kept praying and he settled down. And I think, thank you, Jesus, because I don't know what else to do. And an interpreter came along and started talking to him and then said to me, Steve, his name is Bogram. I said, that's, that's sad. Um, but his name is Bogram. And he said, he is the chief of his community that is out some, some t- way out in the village, which is a very strong Hindu village that has a lot of witchcraft. And he heads this up. He's the leader of the village. And he wants to give his life to Jesus. <laughs> I went, well, that's pretty cool. So we kept praying. And, and afterwards, I said to the pastor, so, man, that was pretty amazing. He had a lot of stuff he was carrying, a lot of spiritual stuff. He said, I will have him. This is a poor pastor. I will have him in my house for a week. And I will pray with him for a week before he goes home. So I left it, came back to Perth. I think it was, I'm not sure, it might have been a year or two years. I think it might have been a year later. I was, went back to visit this same place in Bhopal. And as I got off the train in Bhopal, the person who was actually looking after our itinerary was standing there, but also the pastor of this church. And he says, Steve, would you come out and visit Bugram? And I said, why? He said, he really, really wants to meet you. I said, how's he doing? He said, he has been totally healed. I said, praise the Lord, that's awesome. Um, I'd love to meet him and hear his story. But he's a long way out of town. So I said to the person to my itinerary, can you fit that in they said yeah not a problem we can give you a day to go out so I did so I went in this car we drove out it was quite a way and uh, you stopped at a train station and somebody came with a snake and started trying to put a curse on us which I thought was kind of fun and and then we we took off and we got to this village but as we drove into this village there was this man dressed in white standing tall with the biggest smile on his face I've ever seen and it was Bogram standing outside his house And I went, man, he's changed. And we went into his house. He said, you eat, you eat. So I had to eat. I prayed grace was a bit different that day. Lord, protect my stomach. Um, So I was was having a meal with this whole family. And it was just, it it was a real interesting feel in this house. And at the end of it, I found out that his whole family had come to know Jesus. And been free. He then said, Steve, would you come up? Come, 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 come. I said to my children, where am I going now? He says, you're going on top of the roof, Steve. So, okay. So I followed him up the top of the roof, flat roof. There's material everywhere, beautiful coloured material and all these cushions everywhere. And there was a little, like a pulpity thing at the front. And I said, ah, oh, is this church? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. I looked over the wall and there's people coming from everywhere. They're all coming to church. And I said, this is amazing. He's converted the whole village. And so they're all coming up there, piling up the top there. I said, this is so exciting. And, uh, and then they said, Steve, you're up. I said, pardon? I said, you're preaching. <laughs> right, that's good. Okay, let's preach. Woo-hoo. But, but this is the story. See, Bogram, who was clothed with a whole bunch of his history and his past, he was clothed and he was wearing it and it was destroying him internally, discovered Jesus and he's now a new person and he's dressed in white robes and he's not only knows a new life and a new freedom, his whole village has been impacted. 
And that's what you and I carry. You see, it's one thing to come to church, and it's one thing to read the Scripture. But when you wear it, when you actually wear it, when you clothe yourself with it, let me tell you, people around you will change. They will change because they'll go, there's something about what you've got. Can I just uh, pray for you now as we finish off? Um, just close your eyes. If you've never, especially if you're listening to this on podcast now, I really say to you, because I know it in my heart, I know it in my experience, and I've seen it in the lives of others. If you've never actually accepted the invitation of Jesus Christ being your Lord and Saviour, I really say, please, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. And I want to take off the old clothes. <laughs> I want to take off the stuff that separated me from you, from my friends and from my family and from this world. And I want to accept you. And I want to clothe myself afresh with the very person of Jesus. If you've made that prayer, if you've said that prayer, or something similar, it doesn't even have to be as complicated as that, then you make sure you let someone know. You make sure you speak to somebody. And Father God, today, in this place here, we say, Lord God, would you take off the clothes of the past and help us put on the clothes for our future? That we will take off that which we've been wearing and we choose to put on Jesus. We choose to put on love. We choose to put on forgiveness, mercy and grace. All those things, Jesus, that you wore as you walk here on earth, we choose to put on. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.